0: hey it's charlie and i'm joined by my friends sean and sam again this week we're going to be talking about house of the dragon game of thrones and just the idea of how a show's legacy is determined why it's so important for an ending to be successful then we'll be ending it with a discussion about the general state of television and fan pessimism towards large budget projects Alrighty, so we took a week off it's now been two weeks since house of the dragons finale Um, I'm feeling like we're in sort of like a perfect crossroads between there's a there's a recency bias because we just watched it and we're excited about it still and it's still early in the show's run so like we we haven't had time to really like let how this show is going to shape out sink in and we're just here at the specific point in time and I want to talk about just our early reflection on it so what what did you guys think of the first season?
1: I thought I, like going into it, did not have any high expectations compared. I remember the last like few Game of Thrones seasons, I would get really excited when it came around and I didn't feel it for this, but I came out really, really impressed by the season. I'm really excited for the next one. I think they did a great job overall. I have a few small complaints, but nothing major. And I think it's, it's pretty comparable to the first season of Game of Thrones, which is like high praise from me.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like, I was so underwhelmed initially, and I was really, like, not excited at all. I didn't even, I wasn't even really eager to start watching it. I don't think I watched, like, the premiere until the following day, something like that. But, I don't know, I was pretty invested after the first episode, and then every episode, like, I just kept on getting more and more excited. Yeah, for me,
1: by episode four or five, I was just, like, fully, fully in on the show.
2: Yeah, it really, like, sucked me in, and I was just like, man, like, it felt good to be back, like, in Westeros, That's speculating. Nice. I totally and agree just, with like, you just, guys.
1: Like, being able to listen to the theme song in the first two minutes, <laughs> getting ready. Nice. I really actually didn't like the, the animation for the theme, for the opening theme. If they could have made, like, their own theme. I guess they wanted it to, like, remind people of Game of Thrones, which I maybe... If continue
0: to do that with other shows. Yeah. Just just one theme for every everyone. The Different animations. I'm yeah, here like for the the Jon Snow show with like the same one, but it's just like it's like the bloodlines <laughs> of all the wildlings.
2: It's like, just be like this is this tree north of the wall. This is this tree <laughs> north of the wall.
0: This is Jon Snow's favorite lake. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> the lake where Jon Snow and Egret first got together. Or that little cave, or whatever. I want the reason. So I'm
0: trying to get into like the reason I wanted to talk about it because I'm thinking like as you mentioned, like Game of Thrones, that excitement you had, and then just as that show ends, it because of this massive disappointment surrounding the ending, it just sort of dropped off the face of the earth for a few years in terms of like its existence and and culture and discussion and even like leading up to this show is just sort of a disaster like people like just doubting that house of the dragon could ever be successful because of the ending of game of thrones and i i think that's so significant and that's why i wanted to like talk about this at this point in time because if i i'm just thinking about like what what if then then this show like goes and fails like to i it's it's always confused me why that discredits beginning of it and why that discredits like the first like segment of game of thrones where people were really loving it like uh rolling stone magazine posted their like list of the top 100 shows and game of thrones had a major fall off from the last time and i'm just wondering like why why do you guys think that like why does a show have to nail the ending in order to be remembered as a great show
1: it's like the whole story it like leads up to to the ending, it's building to the ending for a complete story. So if the ending is bad, I feel that kind of makes the whole story like kind of bad. It uh, invalidates a lot of the earlier stuff. So like I would say now, Game of Thrones, it was a great first four seasons, but I would like never want to rewatch it because of how bad the ending was. Personally,
2: yeah, like, and like payoffs are so important. Like if something you're if something is leading up to you know the climax of the story like everything that's set up for it in advance when that's thrown out the window and the payoff becomes some weird alternative that was rushed like in game of thrones then every people just get let down and i think like psychologically too when you're left with the last when the last thing you experience like in like a set of events is negative then you associate like the whole body as being really negative so, with Game of Thrones, like it left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth that it tarnishes all the good stuff
0: I mean, I guess I can relate that psychology to to other things in my life, just like if i if I had great memories with a person that I'm no longer friends with, I can still appreciate those memories, whereas like I know other people have a harder time with that. but I mean, I guess for Game of Thrones like i've I've always seen it as like i i still I still love and appreciate the memories I have of like watching it weekly and talking to friends and stuff and, and just enjoying it in the moment for that reason. It hasn't, it hasn't damaged the legacy. I I see it having and like even still like I've, I've rewatched it in in the past year. It's just, just, uh, I mean, because I I enjoyed it so much for what it was. And I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the ending just impacting my enjoyment of the, the entirety as much, but, maybe i differ in that
1: sense i don't know, for me it's just like like you you think of the characters you start with and their entire journey and if it like ends in a bad way i feel like the whole beginning is just i don't know it didn't really like matter as much uh if the ending's bad so i i don't know i just like i think it's you have to nail the ending like you can have a shaky middle you can have like a kind of shaky beginning, but I think nailing the ending and the kind of conclusion is the uh most important thing for these shows.
0: What if a show just has like an okay ending? Like what if Breaking Bad like Breaking Bad excellent ending? What if what if it was just like eh. like what if what if the entire show is like like nailing it's like 9.7 IMDb scores you- and the last episode's just like an 8.6? Is that is that a disaster? Or, like, why why can't it... I don't know. Does that you, ruin the you show? You can have
1: an okay ending. You can have an okay ending, but you can't have, like, this kind of Game of Thrones-type ending. I think it wasn't even a bad... It was, like, a disaster. It was, like... It was. <laughs> <seriously> no, it <laughs> really bad. It wasn't even... It could have been, like, kind of bad and okay. It was, like, like, just really, really bad TV. So you can have, like, a great show with an okay ending, and it would still be something I'd rewatch, but you can't have, like... Like, the level of Daenerys forgot about the Iron Fleet. Like, you can't have that.
0: I always I always tell this story, and I think it's hilarious still, that, like, the night before the Game of Thrones finale aired, the script had been leaked online, and I was talking to you and our friend Will, and, and you guys were describing the script to me, and I, I, like, could not believe it was real. I, like, thought you guys were fucking with me. And you're, like, reading off these events, like, oh, like, Grey Worm is gonna, like, capture Tyrion, and they're gonna, like, all meet up, and, like... Uh, like, uh, Robin Aaron's going to be there, and Edmure Tully's going to be there, and Bronze Ron Royce is going to be there, and then and then Bran's going to be king I was like no, like, no way, this this can't be. Bran B
1: was like so crazy when I read about it. I was like thinking like, there's just no way, and yeah. uh, it happened. It, uh, it, it was crazy, and
2: it's funny because like I don't know. After that, just absolute shit show. I completely blocked the show out of my head, and I really like didn't think about it for what's been, I guess, almost three years or over three years until House of the Dragon came back. Like, I really just, like, didn't think about it. And I like, would you be reminded of it? And I'd be like, oh, my God, just I can't be thinking about this right now because I get so frustrated. <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, and then after, like, getting into House of the Dragon, I went back and, like, listened to some podcast. I didn't even, it wasn't a podcast I listened to before, but it was just, like, two people talking about, uh like there were live reactions like after the end after like those final episodes of game of thrones because i wanted to like see what other because i didn't really talk to anyone about it actually like after it ended besides like people who were i watched it with and so it was interesting to see like they they went through that same process like they read the leaks before they had like they could not believe that was going to happen and then it happened and it was just like the most horrible failure of such a hyped show
1: I you wonder. Hit? I sorry, go on. No, no, no. You go. You go. I was gonna say.
0: I, I wonder. I mean, what? I I wonder what even could happen to stray House of the Dragon in that direction. I mean, it seems so impossible to think about it now, but I'm wondering if it's like. I wonder if like the sort of like melee's like, uh, rainy scene in episode nine is sort of like, what like, the direction it could take where. Where people find it ending
1: in the same way, but I feel it's like impossible for it to get that bad just because it's like an actual finished uh, story, yeah. top to bottom. So they like know, no, they probably have a plan right now of how each season's going to play out, which they didn't have with Game of Thrones.
0: It almost i I was thinking about it the other day, just like the whole like David Benioff and DB Weiss thing, like how how hated they are now because of that whole thing, and just I mean, in a sense, they're like kind of a difficult situation to get their way out of but it's just like elements like like the fact the the thing that i always call back to is like the water bottle and the starbucks cup that made it onto the 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 aired episodes they got edited out shortly after but just the fact that that made it on air just sort of showed like a carelessness to me and i think that was sort of the main reason for its failure but uh, yeah, definitely a, a difficult situation to try to wrap that up because I mean, if George R. R. Martin is struggling with it, what are what are the TV adapters gonna do?
1: Yeah, I think it could have been like I I get that. I still feel it was just like it could have been like a similar ending done better that could have had all these character beats over like ten episodes instead of six. It it was just like rushed. It was I think just really sloppy. Even accounting for the fact that they didn't have like an ending, they didn't know what was going to happen.
0: I like the like the idea that they were like rushing to the end because they wanted to do their Star Wars trilogy. Have yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: they done do anything?
0: Since. They've done some like really like small, low budget shows. I think. Yeah. Really, I didn't even know.
2: They just completely they ruined their reputation. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: they're they're never gonna get good work again. I, I can't imagine.
2: But yeah, I mean, that's what's nice about House of the Dragon, though, is that I feel a lot more confident in these adapters. And like you guys were saying, um, the storyline is just it's set. I mean, like George has stuff written and they don't they they the leg, the legwork that they have to do is just like putting it into screenplay and adapting it, which was when like when Game of Thrones was doing it, that was when it was at its best. So I think House of the Dragon, like, a lot, it'll be a lot more difficult for them to really mess it up
0: do we like all the the book to script changes they're making? I mean do we feel like that they've been successful in those generally, or that i mean do do you guys find that the book version is uh like more more believable
1: it's I guess the book version's kind of like a a big Wikipedia article, so <laughs> I think I don't know there's like a lot of i think. Making Allison and uh, Renera friends is a really good change, I think. I mean, uh, just, like, having more to the characters. Like, I think Amond is um, a more dynamic character in this. In the book, he's just kind of, like, a cartoon villain. So I think they've mostly been good. The only thing was the uh, rainies like, popping up in the uh, Dragon Pit. I think that was my only complaint. Otherwise, I've liked all the changes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
1: it definitely made it interesting,
2: and I mean, like, I haven't read Fire and Blood directly, but I've uh, like read like some of the history of like the characters in this show, and it seems like they're doing a pretty great job expanding on these characters. Such like Viserys, like for example. I mean, everything that they they gave that character was pretty phenomenal, considering that he's like so he's just barely touched on right and. Mm-hmm. In other in the rest of the, that work i like the
0: minor tweaks that are sort of like things that couldn't have been covered in the history text like the stuff like um like laris killing his father and brother and and leonor actually surviving and escaping like i i, I really like that stuff like those small little tweaks they're making or where it's like a like even the book readers get to go oh oh that's what happened like i and Makes me wonder if like that's what George R. R. Martin had in mind, or if that's just like people in a writer's room going and sitting down with this like chunk of history and just being like, but what if this happened? I would
1: love that job. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, no, I I have like those, uh they've like definitely solved a lot of mysteries in the books, which is cool. I've like that.
2: Yeah, totally. And it's nice because like, I mean, yeah. I think they're like George's perspective, um, I know he's like said it in interviews how he appreciates like ambiguity in Fire and Blood specifically because it's so it's kind of like a history book, like you were saying. Um, how like you just you don't really know the truth. Like whenever you're dealing with history, if they're about like specific events, it's always there's always speculation unless there's like eyewitness accounts. Um, and that ambiguity being taken in a certain direction, the show is cool, and it's nice to see that. But at the same time, it's like I guess. From the core, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's like hardcore fans who are like, oh, but it's still possible that it doesn't go like this. And they're hoping for other things.
0: I I saw a recent George R. R. Martin video. And the last thing before we move on, but just that man, <laughs> anytime he's asked about the winds of winter at this point, he just looks so depressed. like, he looks, like I would nervous. be
1: nervous. It's, it's bad. I, I
0: would be, I'm, I'm still, like, hoping for the best, but it just, like, from the perspective of, like, someone who's been following this, like, I would be afraid to ask him that question now, because, like, I, I think, like, he's, like, almost at the tipping point where if he gets asked about the Winds of Winter, he's gonna kill someone, Yeah, (laughs) I, I, I don't want it to end that way, so...
1: Yeah, there's, like, a, an unfortunate element to the way, like, some people talk about it, where they just, like, start discussing, like, when he's gonna die, and I think it's probably, like, I mean, it's, like, the messed up thing to talk about like that, and it's probably, like, tough for him to hear people yeah. just, like, openly discussing that regarding the book, so I, uh, I definitely feel for him there.
0: I also Yeah, it's
1: really mean, so tough.
0: I feel like he's at the point where he just needs to, like, cut himself off from the internet, and, like, and just stop going to like conventions and doing interviews but i think he, i mean he definitely likes that stuff so i would imagine it'd be hard for him but i feel like it's like it's like there's there's too much outside pressure coming in now because of the the, the growth in popularity since the last book came out that i just imagine it's it's very difficult it's for just, him to think rationally about some of these things
1: it's yeah. like insane to me though he'll like just say like there's blog posts in, like 2016 saying like almost there before season six, and it's like how are you off on something by six years? Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah know, it was supposed to come out me. after season five. I remember I that. I know it. Really? It makes no sense. Like so, I think maybe he's like just doesn't know what to do, and it's not even effort. He just doesn't know how to write it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I know. Like in that recent interview, he said he was like 75% something. way through, but. He also wanted to rewrite some of the chapters because he wasn't yeah. happy with them.
1: Yeah, so... I I don't have high faith for it coming out, but...
0: Speaking I of hope it does. It Speaking of lack of high faith, let's just talk about just general skepticism towards shows. I mean, we had this sort of, like, the mix of fantasy series come out in the past couple months uh, with House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power, but both of them just sort of being this, like, absolute, like like just any time any post was made about it or a trailer was released it was all people just like I'm not going to watch this this is going to be shit and one sort of exceeded expectations the other kind of unfortunately met expectations it seems for a lot of people I mean how do you guys feel about that do, why, why do we think there's such a like extreme skepticism towards these things where like people like really they seem to want all of these these shows to fail I just I, I can't understand that
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's just like redditors. No, yeah, it's just like redditors online, like being negative or like (laughs) being like extremely pessimistic, and that gets the most attention. I think. I think like the casual fan, like, doesn't have this amount of skepticism. They kind of just, I mean, the casual fan also just doesn't care about the shows in the same way. So when you see like things blowing up online, it's. I think it's. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty much a niche for the most part. Um, uh, a niche audience, at least for like people who are consuming that that skepticism, and so we see it a lot because that's just like what we're exposed to from like being invested in shows like these. But I think for the general fan base, that's not as invested. Um, all that stuff is kind of noise that they don't interact with, and so yeah, I think like people like to be negative online, and that just like. Gets like bouncing back and forth like electrons in an atom and dinner and like just uh, staying within the group.
1: Yeah, I think part of it is uh, those types of people online. Part of it for me is like I feel like a lot of shows and movies are just like really bad. I I don't know. (laughs) It's like (laughs) there's very few, uh, maybe just I think HBO has a good track record, but. I don't know, you look at, like, Netflix, Amazon, like, Disney+, Plus. like, there's just not a good track record to these things. Like, a lot of these big-budget shows come out, and they completely suck. So uh, I think that's, like, a big reason for the skepticism. Like, there isn't, uh, these studios don't have that crazy track record, so it's it's easy to get, become hesitant when these shows are coming out.
0: Yeah, it seems like netflix and disney plus are like really starting to have this just major pessimism yeah. towards them amazon prime is kind of split but like uh, it's just the amount of stuff i'm seeing about the lord of the rings series is ridiculous like i saw some statistic about it's like crazy viewership numbers that it was reaching and just like all of the comments were people being like there's no way that's true like these numbers are padded like <laughs> <laughs> like they just like, really do not want this to succeed and i don't know i i enjoyed it I know. i know you you felt differently about it
1: but yeah some of it i guess gets suckered up into like this really weird like culture war stuff which uh, that's a whole other thing but yeah i just think i don't know like a lot of the people when many showrunners, when they adapt these uh these books or whatever they're adapting they just like don't seem to have that same care that fans would want them to a lot of the time I think which like leads to that attitude
0: I wonder why studios keep hiring people that don't care like I I, it blows it blows my mind I was talking about the witcher the other day and I I, this was a show I don't I've never played the game I've never read the books but I've always sort of like distantly liked the idea and was sort of interested in it from afar, and when the show came out, I was really excited. Like this, it's Henry Cavill, and then like four, maybe three or four episodes in, I had to stop watching because I I just did not enjoy it, and I thought it was really poorly made and not well written, and just all the like stuff I hear about it, where like the writers just don't like just don't like the books or something like that, and I this sort of like then there was like the Halo show this year where the writers just like weren't into the games or something like that and I just it i I don't understand why how these things keep getting made and if it's just like a like a complete like distance from like studios like actually knowing about the products they're trying to make or whether they just like they see a game that makes a lot of money or a book that's been very popular in the past and like they're just like okay well, we'll find someone who like has an idea that we like even if it even if we know nothing about it
2: i think yeah that's probably the main thing i mean these like streaming companies or or, like production studios they just want to make things that can generate hype garner attention like good or bad and just like get subscribers onto their platforms that's really their main mo and so I don't know, like I, I think I think that that's what really drives the development of all of these series, be it spin-off series be off of a previously successful franchise, um, or just like adapting something into like the television medium that hasn't been in there before, like with the Witcher. Um, and so I, I don't think they really care if it ends up being that good of a show as long as it either. Retains the viewers, or you know, bumps their subscriber base for their intended time period that they wanted. Um, Because I mean, like, especially with Netflix, they most of their shows like they make for two seasons and they cancel them, and it's really just like they're trying to churn and just have a ton of shows and media out there. It's just like throwing a bunch of darts at a wall. Hope something
0: catches fire, like Stranger Things or
1: or Daredevil or whatever. Their success rate is, like, 1 in 20 shows right now. So. <laughs> like, even lower. If you It might be lower. The amount of the shows Netflix comes, Netflix
0: comes out. The, yeah, it's like, I'll see stuff on there. I'm like, what? Like, why, why was this made? Like.
2: It's absolutely crazy. But the thing is, is
0: Netflix, I, I understand that Netflix still has this sort of, like, it since it was the first streaming service, and it, like, as its own concept is sort of, like, ingrained in culture on its own, like, like like this not like the netflix and chill thing but just like the sort of like i'm gonna go watch netflix like you never go say like i'm gonna go watch hbo or like i'm gonna go watch like do you, right like it's sort of like netflix yeah, yeah, is kind of its own thing like it's its own like entity of entertainment that yeah you go the, to view
2: so the, it definitely entered the vernacular like googling did in terms of looking things up on the web um so. but at the end of, i think like unlike Google, Netflix will not be the dominant... I mean, it's not the dominant streaming platform right now, I don't think. Yeah,
1: it like could and be it, if the shows were good, but...
2: Even still, like they just don't
1: have... They, they
0: don't lost, have the capacity. They lost a lot years. of the Disney stuff that was, I think, yeah, they've made I think it they
1: lost The Office. They have, like, six different shows, which are, like, a bunch of kids with like magic go to a school but it it looks really cheap and then they have a bunch that are like superhero academies they have like four like that where it's like this is an academy for villains but one becomes a superhero like i don't know they're just like making the same stuff it's like so weird scrolling it sometimes it's like didn't they have this last year but it says it's new so i don't know it's just really bad over there i feel like i could make a show for them with like the stuff they're putting out but that, yeah that, i mean netflix
2: yeah and like i think netflix is just bound to fail like it's kind of a separate conversation but um they just don't have like the they don't have a found like a you know fundamental uh production studio behind them like they've had to make that all from scratch like hbo has that advantage disney has that advantage and then like uh they don't they don't they're not the size of a company or that has like an insane amount of resources like apple Um So, like, Apple can fund that shit into, like, into infinity, like, forever, and produce, like, crazy shows because it's a massive, like, consumer technology company. Same with Amazon. I'm really impressed by Apple TV stuff.
1: Yeah, they're good. I think they're one of the better ones. Like, they have a lot of good stuff. They have, like, Ted Lasso, Severance, some other stuff going.
0: Last thing about this, uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, There's this whole idea of of like in the 60s and 70s, like the nerds kind of took over Hollywood for the first time. It was like this generation of like directors that were coming in like Spielberg and George Lucas and Scorsese and Coppola and whatever that were sort of like just like film school, like like dorks that were really into like movies, you know, and sort of like revolutionized like modern filmmaking in a lot of ways and like Scorsese or Spielberg rather, like, essentially, like, invented the blockbuster and, like, we are where we are today because of this. And I'm wondering, like, if TV sort of needs to have that same wave or just, like, current, like, pop culture needs to have, like, another sort of reset where, like, like, let the people that sort of, like, this, like, new generation of people who have been fans of this stuff, like, sort of let them come in and take over and start producing... The new stuff and see where we go from there like what like because how how long are we gonna like how long does this go on where it's just one thing one thing is a success and then every other company tries to mock like mimic that success by producing like 20 bad versions of it right and then just ends up in this cycle of nothing nothing really succeeding like every every platform wanted their Game of Thrones and like every platform wants their superhero show that's that's gonna blow up and be popular, like the MCU. But like when when will studios like decide like okay, maybe we need to bring in the people that like this stuff in order to make them succeed?
1: I'm not even sure if that's the issue. Like for me, there there are like a lot of great shows coming up, but I think you look at some of this like to big Netflix stuff, like, the Marvel shows on Disney, like, why would a talented showrunner or director want to work on these shows when, like, the fans are insufferable, like, people are always getting mad at you, you have all this executive pressure, like, it just seems like so much to work on these things now that I think a lot of the top talent just, like, wouldn't want to do it.
0: It's not about the... I'm not saying the top talent, though, right? Like, I'm saying, like, I'm saying the people, like the people that care about these things the people that d- m- might not have the credentials of, in terms of filmmaking but maybe the people that have the credentials in terms of knowing what people want to see right and then like sort of maybe like you you the, they start to find the guys that like that that like have maybe have like a few small projects under their belt and but like really have like a great idea for a series that like they they from their own knowledge of being a fan, and, uh, like, know how they could make it successful for fans. And, th- I mean, that's sort of, like, the whole idea the MCU is based on, but I, I'm i starting to... I mean, I think there's starting to be some skepticism about that even with, like... I mean, I, I know from, like, Thor Love and Thunder released and, like, totally flipped the image people have on Taika Waititi, it seems, where, like, no one wants him directing Star Wars anymore because... The man just does not seem to care. I, I personally, whenever I watch an interview with him, I find that it's just sort of his humor where he acts like he is kind of lazy and doesn't care about these things where I think he actually does. But it's it's like, I, I mean, I think people really want these shows to be made by people like them, people who, who care about it. And is that, I mean, you don't think that's the recipe, recipe for success? I,
1: I think it could help. Like, I think they should have at least some people in the the writer's room that care, but I don't think that's, like, that's not the main thing for me, but I think that would help. Like, you have to have at least one person there that, like, really cares about what they're making.
2: Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think, like, most good shows, shows that end up being extremely successful are usually, like, kind of, like, diamond in the rough sort of things. Um, Even, like, taking things, something like Stranger Things, where it's just, like, the guys who wrote that show, like, worked probably a really long time on that first season script and then it was a hit and it's kind of like it's kind of hard to predict how things like that happen um and same thing with like even like you were talking about like the roots of the mcu like they took a bet on iron man although they had made previous marvel movies like i mean sony did the spider-man movies or whatever and i know they had like a hulk movie but iron man was the first one where they really i guess went all in and then it took off and they went from there. I feel like it's not, I I don't think they can create that um, kind of like with a, in like in a formulaic way, I think something just has to come up and then, you know, these studios will take it. It's kind of at that point, like it's controlled by those studio executives. I think Um, you kind of, you kind of listed
0: like two of the greatest examples of what I'm talking about though. Like I think the Duffer brothers who like grew up watching Spielberg and like, 80s sci-fi and like sort of a lot of their ideas were just like a compound of all the stuff that grew up loving and then you have like Kevin Feige who like had all these ideas for the MC was like a producer on Marvel movies before that as like the guy that's like this is the guy in the writer's room that like knows the comics and knows the stuff and those are sort of two great examples of people who just they you can tell that their success in what they're creating comes from their love of what came before it. And so I'm, like, wondering, is, like, are we going to get to a point where it stops being, like, like, the networks are, like, okay, we need to find, like, the two best, like, or we need to find, like, two guys that that can pitch, like, an interesting fantasy script so we can match Game of Thrones, or, like, we could find, like two people that, like, have loved George R. R. Martin's books since he was writing them in the 90s and, like, have been astute followers and, like, really know their stuff and, like, want to make, like, the next big fantasy series, you know? Like,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like, goal. yeah, similar to, like, you were saying, like, with Kevin Feige and um, the Duffer Brothers, like, Ryan Condal seems like he's kind of up that alley with Mm -hmm. his uh, passion for Game of Thrones or for the Song of Ice and Fire novels. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think studio executives think about that kind of stuff really. I think they're just uh yeah, I mean, like, like maybe like
1: they can get.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're just really just focused on like the raw like how do we up our short-term profits mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next uh for our and make sure our like uh stock price keeps going up. That's really like they're that's always going to be their main objective like in the system that we live in. So, I think like we it's really just a matter of getting lucky um with who gets picked to do certain shows. Um, And in those like kind of uh, great moments of synergy where, you know, you bring in like a really passionate writer and, and a, a, and a well-equipped production team, then you, you get the good shows. I have a conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah. What if the reason there's so many bad shows is it's, it's on purpose. And the reason for that is because they know that if everything was good, People wouldn't be able to watch everything, right? Because the people just don't have enough time. So instead, all the like network executives they get together and they just draw straws. And we're like, all right, like you guys got to put out some bad shit this year, so like, so like House of the Dragon can get the most clicks, you know? And then that's how it happens. Possible? Because I just I just I watch bad enough. stuff, and I'm like, how the how the heck is this like? How is this being made? I I watched a show... I started watching a show called Manifest the other day on Netflix because I, I oh, kept right. seeing ads for it. And I, I, I love Lost, and, like, I know... Like, I had heard before that this show was very, like, inspired by Lost, and I watched, like, 25 minutes of the first episode, and I just could not believe, like, how... <laughs> how crappy it was to me. And I I don't know, maybe, maybe people went into the show, I just, I could not get into it at all. And I just, I, I couldn't believe like how like this was being compared to lost and and just i mean beyond that even i mean there's so much money goes into stuff that just clearly isn't like well thought through and it blows my mind
1: yeah there's like a lot of stuff that i feel is like just a way to like launder money like a lot of these shows because they're just (laughs) so bad
2: it's all about
0: the like 100 million like batgirl tax write-offs that's, that's all just
1: <laughs> a big scheme that's all hollywood
0: <laughs> i want to i want to understand like the inner workings of these finances like it just it doesn't add up to me what, what we know doesn't add up yeah it'll never, it'll never add up <laughs> <laughs> all right we can call it there